Okay, I want to share something from one of the Chaveirim on Miyatanov. This is what he wrote, which I thought was really wonderful on decreasing uh, in pleasure. My thoughts on Miyatanov, specifically around food. Okay, Miyatanov is obviously not only food, but he chose to discuss food, which is really a precursor to actual Miyatanov, is to enjoy the food, parentheses, which you touched upon, close parentheses, but how to do that is take a bite of the food you enjoy and put the food or the cutlery down and really chew the food. Listen to this. Think about the goodness it provides me, gives me life, makes me feel good, and say that the sparks of Kedusha are in the food, which give me life. So really, in a word, it's about consciousness. That's what he's really talking about, right? As opposed to gobbling down, it's being involved in, I would call it, consciousness and connection. As opposed to what Taiva usually does, which is just focuses and says, this is it. There's no, this is not connected to anything. This Chavir is looking for connection. Dafka, by enjoying the food, he's saying that through that, I'm going to connect by, by doing it thoughtfully and looking for the connection, thinking about it, which is really nice. And the consequence of this is actually eating less and feeling positive without even saying something like, quote, I'll have just one serving which almost never works. I thought that was tremendous. Uh, a tremendous so thank you to that Chavar, who uh, I didn't get Rashis from him to to uh, to reveal who it was. Not that it's any big secret, but I'm not going to say his name, but thank you very much. And with that, I also wanted to say a word about, in general, I want to encourage feedback again. That some people write emails and some people don't, and it kind of goes in waves, uh, which is fine, but it's a little shame because something like that I felt really, really added, and I do like to share thoughts of the Chaveirim that uh, that adds. So just like in a magazine, a lot of people know, I think I saw Mishpacha magazine said that their most read thing or letters to the editor is what reads the most. So so please share thoughts, uh, especially by email is very, very good for me to see. Now, I just want to, before we get to the next mute, the next lessening of that, I want to repeat some points that we made last time, that Mietanug, I think maybe the most important thing we said is is really two sides of a coin, that it's a way of life. And in my humble opinion, it's a very important one, especially today, as the tide is very much going the other way. To the point, right, that means the tide, I mean, in general from circles. Now, I'm not in all from circles. I don't know what's going on in Ramapich Shemes Bet or, or Milwaukee or uh, Meisharim. But I'm talking about the general South America, I'm talking about the general sea where I know a little bit about from my yeshiva, from what I read and from the communities I visit and from Mishpacha magazine, which I read to have a sense about what goes on. It just seems that like this is a big, and, and from reading other people, like I mentioned from Rabbi Emanuel Feldman, who said the idea of it's topic is something we almost don't see. I read that from him, the tale of two presidents, Obama's uh, lavish lifestyle post the presidency as opposed to Carter's very simplistic living, not that we love Carter at all, but that was where, and in that article, Emmanuel Feldman, who's a big uh, Oged Deot, wise man who speaks about and understands the Tibur, although he is 95, he seems to be a very with it still, King Yerbu. So he wrote that this idea of being Mestapik Bamuad, having, listen to the words, Mestapik Bamuad, having enough and less, Muad, that that's our word, Muad, is something that's almost like not part of our, our general, again, 
you say, well, I know it's Sadiq who, of course, there are always going to be, there are always going to be individuals. There might even be communities that are less like that. But we're talking about in general where, you know, where, where the Jews are, so to speak, where a lot of the Orthodox Jews are, the communities we visit and the places we see are, 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 this is not a big thing. To the extent that I would almost use the words, it's a mace mitzvah, right? What's the concept of mace mitzvah? Mace mitzvah is, is literally a dead person dies with no one to take care of him. So it's a tremendous mitzvah in halacha. It has it pushes off other mitzvahs, uh, a tremendous, tremendous mitzvah to be involved in that. The Mepharshim talk about that also regards a mitzvah which has less coverage, like not the dead person mitzvah, that the mitzvah is dead, so to speak, the mace mitzvah. Lashon Hara was once a much less popular mitzvah, so to speak, much less spoken about thing. Chavetz Chaim made it more uh, accessible and part of the community. Someone did that for Shatnes, women covering their hair in Lita. Uh, a lot of topics like Talmud Torah in a certain way. If you read Nefesh Chaim and Shardala, the very for beginnings, that, that it sounds like he's saying people weren't learning. People learn in a certain way much more. Again, 90% of Klai Yisrael is not religious. We're not talking about them. We're talking about, but in the 10% that are holding, Talmud Torah is definitely something that in a certain way it sounds like is more. Dafyomi was created, to my knowledge, very much as, a, as an answer to the fact that the Polish uh, laity wasn't learning. So that's, they made Dafyomi. Now you see all these programs, Dirshu and Dafli Shavu and Araisa. And, uh, and, uh, Dirshu has 15 different programs in yeshivas. And so Talmud Torah is definitely a mitzvah. It's not a mace mitzvah today. I make a point in my safer. I think retaining learning is a little bit of a mace mitzvah, but I don't actually, I don't make the point in the safer in my presentation, which I make where I talk about my safer. Uh, I do talk about that, that that idea of remembering learning, I think, is a little bit of a mace mitzvah. But in that, I would say that miyatanag is also a little bit like that, this idea. Yeah. The good news is that there is tremendous both reward upstairs and growth opportunities down here for a mace mitzvah. Right. Why is that? Because when someone goes against the tide for the good, and that's really what we're talking about here, right? The tide is not so much into this, right? People learn. So I learn also. People come to Davani. I go to Davani also. Excellent. Let's see on, right? But you're not going against the tide. Someone goes against the tide for a good thing, right? I go against the tide. Well, all the Rabbanim are saying this, they go against them. That's not a tide you want to go. It's not. Karach went against the tide. No, Karach went into the tide. He drowned. We're not talking about that. We're talking about someone who goes against the tide in a good way. Someone who goes against the tide for goodness, for, for good things, is tremendous. You know, the famous poem by uh, Robert Frost, I took the path less uh, taken and it made all the difference. So a person who says to himself, you know, that that I will be a person of less. I could have more. I have the money. I have the means. I could have the iced coffee every morning. I could have the iced coffee uh, every afternoon. I could go to, I go out to eat. I could order in all the time. I could do any vacation I want, basically, you know, within, and the person say, no, you know, we're going to be a family of less. Whatever it is, we're going to be a miyatanag, so it's a, it's a huge thing. In fact, it's a great time of the year to speak about these things because the response to the Horban we see in Chazal, more in Baba Basra, Dav Samachama Bez, I think says it was really cutting back. The the moving moving Chazal says, look, if the Beis Hamikdash isn't eating, I can't eat. That's how they looked at it. They were they were broken. Now, if, if there's no if there aren't if there's not wine, if there aren't wine libations on the holy altar, if there isn't a sachem on the mizbeach, so how can we drink wine? And if there isn't if there isn't nisachamayim on sukkah, so how can we drink water? And if there isn't and if there isn't korbanis, that that was their attitude. So that's on one level. So for sure that the whole response to the korban was a cutting back. And the Gemara talks about what we 
you're not going to eat anything. You can't, you're not going to drink air, etc. But really, but that really that was the appropriate response. But the response wasn't though. These guys, these Fromox are crazy. You know why they're making such a big deal about the Horbin? It wasn't that. It was just too much. That's if I remember the Gemara. You can look and But the response was just that it's not it's not appropriate because it's too much. You have to put the boundary somewhere. That's on one level. But even more generally than that. If the if you know, I, I want to say one more point about that. The Yosef Sonnenfeld, they say someone came. I believe that his house had a view to the to the Harabais, and someone came into his house one time. It was bro- very broken down. The chairs were broken, and the 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 seats were broken, and the closets were broken. The table was broken. Someone said, "How do you live in such a house?" So he said, "Look out the window." He says, "When his house looks like that, my house looks like this." Right? That's an incredible way to look. Uh, even if his house wasn't exactly against, but it means, you know, someone says when the Boner Shalom doesn't have a house, that's like David Amelech said, I'm sitting in this house and he doesn't have a house. So that's, that was really Jewish consciousness by the, well, that was Jewish consciousness. On, on another level, the, that point is, Gullus in general is about not feeling fully comfortable, right? We have to realize that when we, when we feel too comfortable, it's not, it's not good, right? Because, because together with that sense that we have is we have everything, Right. In the Pale of Settlement, Jews wanted Mashiach because they didn't, they, they were lacking a lot in a very practical level. There, so just the sense that we can have everything, it doesn't doesn't lead us to good places, doesn't lead us to Ruchani places on a lot of levels. I, I can have everything. So there, when there's an Isser, when my when my jacket gets messy on Shabbos, so how do I stop myself from cleaning my jacket? My clothes are always clean, my hat is always sparkling, my my my, my home is always perfect. So that's on one level. I'll get angry at people. But on a deeper level, gullus means that things aren't perfect. So, so the sense that you know, when we're feeling all the time, we can have everything, and there's no mead in our life. We're really count, running counter to the whole uh, gull, good gullus mentality. You know, talking about gullus mentality, that's a good gullus mentality that we are in gullus, that we don't have everything we want, that things aren't complete, that the world isn't complete, etc. Okay, so that was just a little about why why meatonic is is so important. And again, just the. Kabbalah I made last week, which I thought in a certain way was a very good Kabbalah, and a certain way was a bad Kabbalah because it was less practical to the point than we talk often, but it was more about the point, actually, which was, it's really a question of lifestyle. Like, am I a person who, with myself and my family, am going to be adopting in my life uh, a miyatanug that I don't go out of self? Every person has to find it, right? Because we have so much today, and no one is going to suggest not to have, and no one is going to suggest to your children not to send your not to get your daughters a skirt and not to send your kids to camp and not to get your son the, the backpack and not to not to that. Okay, that's all true. That's why exactly the right word is miat. Yeah, that, that's really the question. Okay, which brings us to our next miat, which is an interesting one to point about. Uh, it's miat schok. Yeah. Miat schok means lemaate in your jokes, in your in your jestfulness. Now, again, it's important to know the diak. Miat schok means a lessening of lima eight. Not it doesn't say bitul schok, doesn't say ain't schok, it is miat schok, just like miat sicha and miat shena and and miatanug means a certain amount is good of all these things. Everything in, in moderation. So miat schok is the same thing. And we find Gidoli Stroll that had uh, our great men of letters had phenomenal sense of humors. In those, some you don't know, Nerval Yasha was a very quiet person when you saw him in later years. People say that he had a very good sense of humor. The, the Samarov is famous for having a very, very good sense of humor. Um, we find also the idea in a shear, a shear, a class 
a lecture has to start with Milsa de Bifusa. I think Rashi says in Shabbos or in Sukkah that it opens up the hearts a little bit. You start with a joke, right? We know good speakers start with something lighter, open up the atmosphere a little bit. And you can see that. You can see sometimes you speak and a crowd is tense and maybe you're tense and you say a joke and everybody kind of eases up and they're ready, more ready to hear. So, and, and Badchanim, right? In Hasidic weddings, there's a whole topic called a Badchan, a joker that comes towards the end of the wedding and he makes a gramin and he talks about the different sides and the mechutanim, it's a whole thing. We don't have this in Lithuanian weddings, but in Hasidic weddings, it's a, it's a whole parnasa. People do this professionally, mamish professionally. I'm sure, they, I'm sure the better ones get a lot of money. You know, they come up, show up towards the end of the wedding and they're like very talented people because they have to have all the social nuances of what's going on and know what to say about this one, not to say about that and talk about both sides. You know, you can't just talk about one side more than the other side and sometimes... You have a situation of a divorced couple. You have really uh, a really labor thing because he has to talk about the father and the mother, and you know. So there are these towns together. It's called the badchan. That's what it's called. We have a gemara in Tainus that talks about the badchanim, badchedaite, the people who made other people happy, and they get olam haba they, for making people happy. So, so, so this is very big. Uh, one last source, Revolba in his. Uh, we mentioned this in our in our um, on on kpeda, on hakpada, and grudges. Revolva has this amazing thing about the ability to see life, you know, not so seriously, kind of, and to see people's chesronas, but be forgiving to them and to see situations. And he has a whole, he calls that chush humor. He calls that a sense of humor. Now, Revolva obviously doesn't mean a slapstick, right, making fun of someone's color or, uh, or, or like, you know, the stupidity that, you know, people see doesn't mean to slip on a banana. That's not what that's not what we mean. Bill Sabichusa doesn't mean that you know the rum gets up and slips on a banana and everybody starts laughing. You know, he splits his pants. That's not that's that's not like arguably that's not humor at all, right? That's just whatever. We talk about Bill Sabichusa. We're talking about you know you know I don't sophisticated might be too strong. Where we're talking about intelligent humor, intelligent things, witty things, you know, wittyisms, wittyisms, and and Revolbus talks about that cough as a cough which could stop a person from having. I meant to bring the whole thing. I just didn't get there. The meeting right before the bottom, unfortunately. But I suggest you look at that. There's a whole paragraph about what Chushomer. So, so why did I say all this? Obviously, in all these things, we see the idea of being a person of a sense of humor is a very good thing. Shalom bias, incredible, incredibly important thing. You know, shalom bias with your wife, with your kids, to have a good sense of humor. You can ease up uh, a tense situation. You know, the correct words in a in a in a you know, mathematical, cold, sterile way. Don't get the get the job done sometimes. And a, and a good joke can dafka ease things along and bring people together. So it's a tremendous co-op for all these all these places for sure. Elo what? But it's a mead that we see here now. How much is too much? You know, it, it's it's hard to know really how much is too much. I know a hilarious Tamil Chacham who tells me he has to really hold himself before like Neela, not to make jokes when he speaks to the shul before Neela because he's so used to making jokes. And I find myself, I make too many jokes. Some people consider me uh, smart. I don't, I don't make so many jokes actually in this VOD because it's on, I think because maybe it's on Zoom. I don't know. But but I find sometimes I make too many jokes. So so it, it's hard to know. We do find Chazal, and I'm, I don't want to give a, an exact line. It's really a line maybe for rub or something like that. So I'm just giving some suggestions. No one should take it as, Purposeful humor, if it could be, you know, I don't, I don't have a halachic guidelines. I'm not sure there is. I don't, I don't know, and I'm not coming to say it. I'm just speaking uh, out. But you know, we talk. They talk about asulamalas piv. Well, you can't have your mouth, you know, full of it. 
So it could be like something like uncontrollable when a person like uncontrollably funny, you know, uncontrollable, like just, you know, laughing till you're in stitches. It could be that would be Lamala's hoke. That's too much. But again, ask your, I don't have a clear mutter, usher boundary, but I just, that's just, I wanted to frame it that we definitely see a, a powerful, uh, many, many Makaras and, and I would call it the Seichel Abari, the Stam intelligence says to a person, there's a lot of room for humor. I myself consider myself a humorous person. Other people consider me humorous. So I certainly am not going to be someone to tell that line. So, so what's the downside though? What's the downside being too much? So, but something we have to be mired from, right? Never says me at Torah, right? We don't have such a category. Me at me at mitzvahs. We don't have such categories, right? Me at chesed. We don't, we don't talk about me at chesed, me at Torah, me at this. No, more Torah, the better. More chesed, the better. You have to, you have to, you have to uh, balance out conflicting good ideas. That's not me. Torah is good out of self and chesed is good out of self. And when they run into each other, you have to figure out how to do it. Right? That's not a me. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Me, it means no, too much is bad. That's, let's make that clear, right? Too much of these things is bad. So what's the idea? So I want to share the Lashna Mara, which is Gavaldig. Tremendous lesson here. Listen to this. Skok muflag, like going too much, like a flug means like too much. So like plukta, machlogis means when you're separating, right? Laflig biyam means to separate from the ground, separate from the land and go into the sea. That's how it's spoken about. Laflaga means to, even today, laflig bisfina. It means like you're separating from the land. Plukta is a machlokis, the two sides are separate from each other. So schok muflag, or even say like a tamachachom muflag means like, whoa, off the charts, like we would say that. Schok muflag, hu hepechamachshava, it's the opposite of thinking. Yeah, so that's the first part. Too, too much joking is opposite of thinking. Now, listen well, that doesn't just mean, that doesn't just mean obviously slapstick humor, but too much humor in general, I would say, is that also. I'll give you an example. You're trying to get across an idea, and this happens sometimes to me in a net, in a bad way. And you you know everywhere you can, you stick in another line. At a certain point, it's just like just like we spoke about deep words, hepechaseichel. You know, so to the tzchok is hepechaseichel because as opposed to getting not all ideas are jokes. You know, what I'm saying not everywhere is a joke. So get the idea down. You know, it doesn't. You know, maybe a little maybe a little mismachus at the beginning, maybe something at the end. Maybe you have to spice it up a little middle. But at a certain point, it's hepechamachshav. It's it's not helping the thinking. It's not, it's not helping the, it's changing gears. And it's, and it's, here, here's also one. It's not just changing gears. It's not as deep. You're trying to get across a deep idea in Torah, a deep idea in physics, a deep idea in psychology. Deep, you're trying to share an idea and someone's joking the whole time. Like he's not going into the depth of the thing. Like follow the idea, follow the idea to its depths. The, the tzchok a lot of times is, is, is not as deep. You understand what I'm saying? It's just like you're playing with the words or you're playing with the ideas it's not really at the depth of an idea. It's not funny at the at the depth of the idea. It's the idea. The the tzchok is is somewhere even even the intelligent tzchok. Koshikane, we're not talking about the slipping on a banana is nothing, right? I'm talking about the good tzchok, the milsim b'chusa tzchok, right? Is not deep. Does that make sense? It's not penetrating. So the idea is penetrating. So when the tzchok is there, when when a person is you know, you, you find guys who are like very, very smart. Sometimes you shoot buffer them, Israeli shoot buffer them or whatever, that they're always thinking about, you know, another line, but they don't realize they're not as smart as they could be because they're spending so much time in their lines and they're not really getting into ideas. So they're like, it's kind of like what the internet does to the mind. You know, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's, it's uh, impressionistic. It's, it's bombastic a little bit. 
it's not deep. It's not getting, it's not, not, not the purity of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it make sense? Ideas are deeper. Ideas are penetrating. Tzchok usually operates on a more superficial level of the idea. Uh, that, uh, that's what I want to get across. That's what I hear. Who have function. Now, this is also huge. That is a huge line. And it's not joy, which the Iker is believed. Now, this is such a huge line for us today, right? Especially because of the Hashpah Sagayim and the Hashpah of entertainment in general, right? When we think of happy, we think of boisterous. We think of loud. We think of, 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 of laughter in a certain, right? You see a person... You say he's a happy person. He's not happy. He's not joking all the time. No, no, he's very happy. Like I saw Revolva. I'll tell you, one of the happiest people I ever saw, one of the most content people I ever saw, was seeing Revolva on a Shabbos. You know, when I was engaged, I used to walk Revolva home from his shul, the Prusham shul, to his home on 20 Ksab Sober Street, which is right next to my yeshiva. And then I would go visit my Kala then, is now my wife, thank God, of 32 years. And that's when I used to visit her on Shabbos and um, eat at my in-laws. That was basically the time I had with her when I was engaged and spent time during the week. But I used to work with Boba. He looks so content. You know, even when you see the pictures of him, he's kind of, wasn't a joker. I mean, I, 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 I certainly didn't hear jokes from him. I'm sure of life would tell you he was a joker, right? But that's not what you saw. But you saw a person of joy. The joy is believed. So that's a huge line. So the so too much. So again, so what's the moral telling us? Too much schok. You're going into this Torah is a mahalach. Why is this one of the Kinyani Torah? The mahalach of Torah is machshava. The mahalach of Torah is seichel. The mahalach of Torah is thinking. The mahalach of Torah is depth. The mahalach of Torah is iun. Tzchok is more superficial. I joy. Joy is deep also. Joy is deep also. It's not always shown outside, but it's a deep thing. So I thought that was excellent. Yeah. So now, good. So we try to keep it a little shorter today, meaning. Speak on time. Now, this is a hard one again. I had trouble trying to think what the avoda would be, right? We try to do, give a practical Kabbalah. Like, what should be the practical Kabbalah over here? <laughs> because like I said, for some of us, you know, again, I'm not just talking to the to the few people who are online with me live, but or Hashem, there are a few, good few tens that listen to this Chabura. So, and I don't know a lot of you, uh, at least, you know, we have a certain closeness through the God, but I know personally, I don't know what you're going through, but I know there are people out there that are too tense and need more jokes in their life. And I know there are people like me who sometimes go too far. Yeah. And, and honestly, I do consider myself, I, I consider some more too far in that way. So, so what's the, what's the Kabbalah to be more that way, to be less that way. It really depends who you are. So other things we deal with, it's kind of like more shovel the whole nefesh as I'm finding like Shana, same, same point I had about how Shana, how do you talk about Shana? For a lot of us, we're contending with, a lot of us are containing, contending with not getting enough sleep. Yeah, so our problem is not enough sleep. So how do you work on that? So here is the two things that that I do suggest to start out with, right? Yeah. So that yeah, that, that's that's where I'm, that's where I'm a little stuck in terms of what the Kabbalah, what would be the right Kabbalah. That's where I got stuck. So I have two eights, two ideas, which I think will be good for everybody to do. Which the realm is self knowledge. Just first on, on all of us, the beginning places to know ourselves. So let's have the self-knowledge. What self-knowledge do I need here? Two points. One is generally, like I, I know myself, my question is maybe I'm joking too much. So I want everybody, each person who listens to this, I want them to give some good thinking over this week to that question. In general, where am I with Schok? Am I joking too much or am I joking too little? 
right? Am I tense? Do people feel at ease around me? Do I know when to crack a joke? Do I do I know any jokes? Sometimes, you know, there's speakers who who record jokes. You know, sometimes it's not a, not the worst thing in the world to know to know some jokes because as a speaker, as a person, sometimes tense moments, you know, tell a joke. Do I have that? Is that part of my repertoire? Or maybe I'm making too many jokes. Do I do I know when do I know when to stop? Yeah. So that's the first thing I want everybody to deal with. Where would you be mind yourself? Where where are you? Or you got it just right. Like I don't feel I got it just right. Maybe some of you out feel you got it just right. If so, okay, but but make sure check yourself. Okay, we, we're working on it. Now now's the time to check on it. Three weeks is a good time to work on it, right? The reason we can't be mild school is because of the basic condition. Now let's think about it. Are you three possibilities? You feel you got it right? You're too much on the jokey side, you're not enough on the jokey side. And then next, you know, even if you are like, where do I need more? Where do I need less? Try to go into that. Once you get the first question clear, then the next question to go into is like, where, where are you more? Where are you less? Like I would need, this is what I need more. The second question, which is like, you know, why to understand myself a little better. Why, which situations do I joke too much? And when do I get it right? Or the same thing. If you're, when do you not joke enough? When do you get it right? Like, Right, so I think I think important. It's like just like in the Briggs Meyer system, like where are you begadol? I'm a two, I'm a nine, I'm an eight, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that. Right, Yechayim Bracha Chesed. What? Who are you? Right. So first is to know generally who you are, and then I think it's very good to think like, you know, where where can I get where where is it that I'm getting it right? Where am I going too far? Why do I go too far in certain situations? It's because I don't feel confident in myself. I don't feel, you know, am I hiding behind my humor or am I too tense? But these types these types of people get me tense. I'm in a business meeting and I can never make a joke. And with my family, I can't make a joke. Like, they would get a little more self-knowledge about this. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't have a better. I think they are two good Kabbalahs. And if we can get that clear over the week, you'll, we'll be accomplishing something. And uh, we'll see if we'll go deeper into this Mi'at uh, Tzchok or we'll finish up with the Mi'at Derek Haaretz. Next time it's Mi'at Derek Haaretz. That's our last Mi'at where we finish this floor. And I wish everybody that's luck. We will have more on. Just to be clear, we'll have one more vod now. Then we'll be off for the three weeks of Benizmanim, and then we'll we're going to do Bezrat Hashem Dani Likavzchus and Elul. Very excited about that. Um, and we'll start Elul. I think Rosh Chodesh on Thursday, Friday, something like that. And we'll start the first Sunday of Elul. After Elul, we'll have nice three solid weeks off. And next week we'll finish the Kinyani Torah at least for now. What to do in the winter? I don't know. Continue with Kinyani Torah? I don't know. That we'll have to see. But Elul, I do feel solid. Um, learning Rupsi Meyer's excellent uh, safer countries on Daniel Kavsklis. I think that's going to be very, very meaningful for everybody. Uh, great way to go into Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. But now we're still going to deal with the Miyotim uh, over next week. Okay, thanks so much, everybody. Kultuvah got to run. Shalom, shalom. Thank you, Raf.